Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some reaction to that weather forecast that we just got. Oh, are Brett. you? Yeah, I want everybody to remember. It, Brett it isn't like a, a a server in a in a restaurant. He can't, like, <laughs> take your order. Yeah? And, and deliver Weathermen it. don't well, do requests? Is no, that it? No, no. That's, oh. that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, you know where to send your requests if you need a change in the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there's only one place to send it. So That's right. There's only one way to get it there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So if if you do have a request for the weather, uh, please forward it on to the big guy. And uh, uh, I'm sure that he will take it under consideration. <laughs> All right. Let's get to this conversation with Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Jim, I, it it always amazes me. When I get a little bit of time and I and things start to slow down at night on a big holiday weekend when I'm spending time with the family, I can go to my emails and there's usually an update from you and you didn't fail us again this weekend. I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> news and me, I just can't let news uh, linger too long, Chip. And but know you know, it. we have some up uh, some breaking news here. Doctor Brian Monahan, now he's the Capitol's uh, attending physician, just released a new letter saying Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, he's the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, does yeah. not have a seizure disorder or that. Uh, he experienced a stroke, TIA, or a movement disorder such as Parkinson's disease. Now, you'll recall McConnell has frozen up during a pair of public yeah. appearances in recent months. So, you know, uh, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, then, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. We we, we want healthy leadership in, in the Senate, in the House, in the White House. But it doesn't change the fact that he has absolutely frozen up. And as recently as last week, it's uh, it's concerning, Jim. Yeah, I want to read the entire letter. Something's causing those 30-second freeze-ups. Now, yeah. he has fallen a couple of times. Now, even though he says he does not have a seizure disorder, sometimes when you have fallen and you have many seizures, uh, yeah. uh, that will... Yeah, yeah, uh, will do what what he has experienced, but right. I'm no doctor. But that's what I've read. Right, right. Uh, as long as we're talking about this, I was surprised uh, that that uh, uh, President Biden did admit that there are times that he feels tired while on the job. Yeah, uh, it, well. is that the first sign? The first hint? that there's going to maybe be a an election in 2024 without a sitting president? Well, you know, in my current speeches, I say, look, I have nothing substantial to go on. This is just my hunch, but it's been helped me over the decades, Chip. I think, personally think, that the Democrats may take until their Democratic convention next year, next summer, before they announce a candidate. Now, that oh, would Jim. signal that I don't think Biden will be on that ticket. That's just there's, me. 
there's no way that 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 party can be in such chaos that they would wait until next summer. Well, we used to do it years ago like that, you know? That's how they used to pick them at the conventions. If you recall, that well, it's back yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I do recall that. But I, I, there'd be no time for primaries. There'd be no time for any of that for the Democrats to actually pick a candidate. If they do That's it that right. way, it's newsome, period, end of story. Yeah. Because uh, he's geared up for it. He's got yeah. the money. He's got the positions. He's ready to go. Yeah, I, I would think that he would be at the, at, at the top. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, we've, some... we've got a lot of other work here that, that I know that, that we right. want to talk about on Capitol right. Hill because it's job one is avoiding a government shutdown by the uh, end of the month because the current funding runs out September 30th, Jim. Right. A lot of appropriations work that needs to get done and very little has gotten done, Jim. Yes, uh, the the House is on, House floor has only approved one, the Senate none. However, the Senate Senate uh, Appropriations Committee has cleared all twelve of those bills, so they're considerably ahead of the yeah. House. So uh, even Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, a uh, Republican from California, is saying uh, that they're going to need a continuing resolution. But the hurdle there is some of his uh, aggressive right-wing Republicans uh, are saying, look, they have some poison pill policy amendments that they want to add on. So he's got some hurdles to cross. I think I don't think the Republicans would be that stupid to have a shutdown uh, because that would hurt them mm. politically. So the odds would still favor a lot of theatrics, but uh, some, you know, some compromise okay. made. Okay. It's just really difficult with the GOP is split and as divided as they are in the House. It makes it really difficult to predict what's going forward, what's going to happen in in the next, uh, you know, in the month ahead. That's why kind of uh, when you said that they wouldn't be so stupid as to let us get into a government shutdown. Well, some of those arch conservatives will go down with the ship. But yeah. so but McCarthy has basically told them, look, that's not the right strategy. If you want to do that, do that with individual appropriation bills. A continuing resolution to keep the government funding is not the approach. And he's absolutely correct there. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, also backs, you know, um, McCarthy up on that so okay. i again I, I i think reason will eventually prevail but again a lot of theatrics now in the process uh, that could give some time uh this month for the house and senate ag committee to drop their farm bill chip if they're done or uh, later on in the year depending on how long the stopgap spending measure is the cr continuing right. resolution that will give an opportunity for the house and senate floor to debate a farm bill so 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 there's a feather in the cap of, for a potential leadership uh, uh issue on a signature issue to get something voted on yet this year on a major bill like the farm bill you can't right. rule it out okay uh, getting it done by the end of september to avoid you know, the an extension of any of the programs, it it seems unlikely. But the real deadline is the end of the year, right? 
end of the year, and that's through the permanent legislation. I don't want to get too wonky, but parity prices will kick in. And by the way, you wouldn't have a soybean program because there wasn't a soybean program <laughs> in the 1930s. Dairy prices would go sky high. Bottom line, uh, that even some of these arch conservatives should not want that one. So you, you would have an extension. But again, the litmus test is how long will the extension be? If it's right. only a a few months that means that uh you know they they can still uh, think that they can do some business if it's a, a an extended extension then uh you know they have given up for a farm bill this year right okay okay well what's what's your thoughts on that would it be for a couple of months or would it be for a full year an extension I think that they'll uh, be very cautious and only do a few months because okay. it's a, the again the House Republicans don't want it too long. And yep. remember, uh, those who are saying that we'll eventually get a farm bill sometime by the end of 2024, okay, before elections, yep. is primarily because Senate Ag Chairwoman yep. Debbie Stabenow, this is her last uh, her last farm bill, and she, right. she'll want to get it done. Yeah, she does not want to not return to the Senate without getting this done. That's that's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. She wants it as her legacy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, lots of activity out of Russia, Ukraine over the weekend as, you know, regarding the the grain deal. What's the bottom line here, Jim? The most consistent thing is Putin's arguments, by the way, that he keeps on saying uh, they're not freely trading uh, Russian agricultural commodities. And the Western nations say, yes, we are. But it really gets into that financial uh, the uh, 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 strategy that that he wants us to free up on the financing of their fertilizers, Chip. On, on the dollar mechanism. So uh, I don't know whether the West will cave in on that one, but he's holding, he he's holding true to that. Now mm -hmm. the Turkey's uh, president is going to continue to meet with uh, United nation officials and they keep saying there's a way around this. So we'll see, but for now it's, has not been extended. Um, There, there does seem to be, the the pressure is back on Putin to do this it, it, because you've got the the uh, Erdogan from Turkey is has turned up the heat. It feels like the UN has turned up the heat. the The thing is, I don't see a pathway for all of those Russian requests to be fulfilled to the satisfaction of Putin for Putin to restart a grain deal. Yeah, because, see, one of his main demands, as I said, is for that Russian agricultural right. bank to be reconnected to the SWIFT international payment system. Yes. But that would be a major change on the West and would be a cave-in to a lot of people. So so, so, what will happen? End of rounds again. They're, they'll try to find some alternative ways that Ukrainian grain can still reach the market without a new deal. But you'll, you're still going to have elevated transportation costs, uh, oh. uh, you know, and, and all that, Chip. So I, I don't think we're, we're going to see many solutions. Yeah. There's still a lot of noise coming out of Moscow. Very much uh, so. Yeah. And I want to I start the next segment here, Jim, with a potential visit uh, from, from uh, President Putin to North Korea. We'll find out what that's all about next. Conversation 
with Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst here on AgriTalk. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. Welcome back. We're in the middle of a conversation with Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. I'm Chip Flory. Davis is around here someplace. I'm and here. Uh, I I had it a little mixed up there at the end of the last segment. It's not Russian President Putin traveling to North Korea. It looks like North Korean leader Kim Jong-un may make a trip to Russia this month, Jim. A rare trip outside of of North Korea. Yes, and and the Pacific coast of Russia, uh, September 10th to the 13th is what they're uh, saying. And it's big news. This is part of the so-called New World Order that was discussed about last year by China and other countries. It's clear that Russia uh, wants uh, potential military cooperations, and they need weaponry, and they see it from from uh, North Korea. Now, what does North Korea want? You know, they yeah. want technology for satellites and nuclear-powered submarines. So it's a win-win for both, Chip. Well, and a lose-lose for the U.S. Oh, absolutely. And this, again, it goes how countries are choosing sides and and yeah. uh, this just high anxiety around the world. And and we've already chided China and Iran for, uh, you know, military cooperation with Russia. Of course, China denies it, but we know they are. And Iran is overt, you know, because yeah. they're building a drone factory for Russia. So, so uh, just you know, this is ongoing. And this this tells you that the Ukraine war is going to go on for another year, if not two years. Yeah. But, but the longer it goes on, at least the greater odds that Ukraine could win it, according to some military experts that I monitor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about, this, this um, cooperation group, it, you know, it was scary enough when it started out as the BRIC, Brazil, Russia, India, China, but now that it's BRICS eleven, um, they're not only they're not gonna usher in a new world order; they seem set on forcing it. Yes, and it becomes an economic powerhouse too, not and a trading powerhouse. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you can you can see the wheels turning on this, especially with the addition of Saudi Arabia. And you heard Brian yeah. talk about over the weekend. I kept on filing those stories yeah. to watch out for Saudi Arabia and Russia to extend their production cuts. Saudi Arabia simply does not agree with the Biden administration, so they're doing some things to really get at him, and that's just one of several that they're doing chip and we're going to end you're seeing the prices and look where the prices as you as you said closer to 90 than 80 and we're not yeah. even going into the winter yet in europe right. you better pray for a warmer than normal again uh winter in europe because if not you're you're going to be up to that uh hundred dollar mark again right right you know just so everybody is aware of what other countries are involved in the BRICS 11 okay BRICS. Uh, was Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. But now add Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. There are some former 
allies of the U.S. on that list. And they, they, are, uh, they are making a hot path straight over to the BRICS group now. And, and that, uh, that is more than a little bit concerning for the economy in the U.S. Yes. going forward. And a think tank here, CSIS, said uh, that, that this uh, group would account for 42% of the world's oil supply, 72% of the rare earth minerals, think batteries, yep. 75% of the world's manganese, 50% of global uh, graphite, and 28% of nickel. So this tells you the growing importance of this group. <laughs> No doubt. No doubt. Okay, speaking of the U.S. economy, we've got some important information coming our way this week with some inflation numbers. And we get the Fed beige book, the notes from the last Fed meeting on Wednesday. Um, it, I, I, it feels like the markets are backing away from expectations of a Fed hike. Oh, they clearly are. But again, I just think that they've been wanting to do that for like a year, Chip. They wanted to either have the Fed reduce it. They're not going to reduce rates this year. But we may get, it'll depend on the inflation numbers. But the core, the PCE, is not going the way the Fed wants it to go. Uh, but yeah, a growing number of economists are, number one, backtracking, lowering the odds of a U.S. recession, and two, thinking we will not have an increase they're probably correct september 19th 20th fomc meeting and probably not in november but the fed is data dependent we let's yeah. connect dots here look at that energy price situation we talked yeah. about look how much gasoline prices are the highest they've been in the u.s all year we've 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 talked about saudi arabia and russia extending their their uh you know production cuts so that uh, you think the fed's not watching the energy uh market they are oh yes absolutely they are and even though they they claim to watch the core they are also watching food prices, uh, food and energy prices. They've got to be watching it because of the impact on the average consumer that has been racking up credit card debt for a while, but now is getting in over its head. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, look at the diesel prices. They had previously taken a dip of about 45 cents, and then I think they rallied over 60 cents, Chip. Yeah. Uh, so that's the energy market flashing volatility, and that ought to, that, that's a concern. That, that is a definite concern. Right as we go into the gut slot of uh, harvest here, which, yeah. by the way, I know you saw it too, but in my, I went about the thousand miles last week throughout Iowa last week in yeah. six speeches, and I've never seen a crop this early to be harvested in the next few uh, weeks. Yeah, it's moving quickly. Moving quickly when, uh, yeah, yesterday, like I said to Brett, when it was 100 degrees on the truck thermometer and Every flag was flying stiff. You just you just know that it is ending the growing season. Yes. So we'll have to see how, when USDA catches that and, and how adjustments might need to be made. Good stuff, Wiesmeyer. Thanks, buddy. Anytime, Jim. You bet. Pro Farmer Policy Analyst, Jim Wiesmeyer. All right. Um, come back this afternoon. We're going to have a conversation with Darren Fessler from Lakefront Futures, and tomorrow morning we've got Jim Mintert from Purdue and Roger from Southwest Iowa and Mike from North Dakota right here on Agritalk.